everybody. Welcome back to Looking for the Real God. This is Christy Lynn Wood. Today I'm just going to be sharing my heart. Consider this an exhortation from me to the American church, thanks to an article that I read by a non-believer. Guys, I'm going to share an article with you today that I found on Friday that has just wrecked me. I am broken by this article. And it was written by an unbeliever, somebody who declares himself to be non-religious. And yet, as he looked at the American church right now, he nailed us. And listening to the church be just so clearly exposed by an unbeliever, it broke my heart because it's everything that I already see and believe and talk about. And yet to have it just be so clearly articulated by somebody who is not a Christian, it was sad. Like my heart is just broken. I am lamenting before God because this is not okay. And those of you who listen to this podcast, you probably already know this, but we're not okay. The American church is not okay. We have lost our way. We have turned ourselves into this corporation with business models and CEOs and merchandise. And somewhere along the lines, we've lost Jesus to the point that this man was able to write this article about church and pastors and Christianity and never once mentioned the name of Jesus Christ. That's telling. That is telling. My heart was already being stirred by some stuff that I was seeing within Christianity. And I was going to write a blog post and a subsequent podcast episode earlier this week. And I'm glad I didn't because it would have come from a place of righteous indignation and frustration and kind of a rant. And I hope today as I share that you can hear that I am coming from a place of brokenness, of sorrow, of lament, and yet truth still needs to be shared. The article that I found was written in Spectator U.S., by a man named Ben Sixsmith, and I will link this article in the notes to my podcast. He's talking about Carl Lentz, the pastor of Hillsong, New York, who was recently let go because of an affair that came out. And basically, he's just talking about celebrity pastors and what kind of a joke it is because they're just as messed up as the rest of us, and yet they stick themselves up on a pedestal saying, I'm so great, make a brand out of themselves. And then inevitably fall, as we've seen over and over and over again. But it was super interesting to hear someone from the outside kind of comment on this. And as I was reading, I just became kind of gut punched by him as he, as he talks. And I want to share that with you guys because he grabs hold of this celebrity pastor, like hipster, I'm so awesome culture kind of guy. Look at me, I'm an Instagram branding myself out here. And then he kind of swings across, and with one sweeping scoop, he picks up 
evangelicals who love nationalism and politics and capitalism and self-made ideas. And then he scoops up progressives who just want to focus on the same left-wing issues that every progressive focuses on, only with Christianity involved. And he sticks them all in the same basket, which is funny to me because so often those people are saying, you know, evangelicals and progressives are kind of opposites and they fight about each other and they say bad things about each other and they try to be different from each other. But he just sticks them all in the same basket. And he's talking about how people want to do their thing, their own thing, with a twist of Christianity. And he starts out by talking about Carl Lentz. And he says, still, referring to the Hillsong Church, it seems to represent what I call with a twist of Christianity trend. There's mainstream culture, celebrities, fashion, music, modest political activism, and a message of self-love, but with a twist of Christianity. Most people stick with mainstream culture because they can have all those things and premarital sex. We can see the with a twist of Christianity trend elsewhere. Jerry Falwell is representative of the right-wing, business-oriented evangelicals who offer capitalistic self-enrichment with hubristic jigonoism. I had no idea what that meant. It means prideful nationalism or chauvinism. With a twist of Christianity. Then there are progressive Christians of whom Nadia Boltz Weber is an extreme example who promote the usual left-wing causes with a twist of Christianity. This is where he sticks us all in the same basket. He says, well, different in belief, such people share patterns of thought. The former believe that secular individualists mysteriously share God's wishes for what should be done with my money, while the latter think that secular progressives mysteriously share God's wishes for what should be done with bodies. So if Christianity is such an inessential add-on, why become a Christian? I think that's when my heart just first busted open. If Christianity is such an inessential add-on, why become a Christian? He says, I'm not religious, so it's not my place to dictate to Christians what they should and should not believe. Still, if someone has a faith worth following, I feel that their belief should make me feel uncomfortable for not doing so. If someone has a faith worth following, their beliefs should make me uncomfortable for not following as well. If they share 90% of my lifestyle and values, then there is nothing especially inspiring about them. Instead of making me want to become more like them, it looks very much as if they want to become more like me. And he kind of ends his article there. And it was heartbreaking to be able to watch somebody who's not a believer grab all of the believers across the spectrum and say, they all just want the world to work their own way and throw in a little twist of Christianity with it. But if Christianity is so inessential, then why even be a Christian in the first place? He's not wrong. Guys, what have we done? What have we become? We have lost sight of what Christianity is all about. He was able to write that entire article and never once mention the name of Jesus Christ. He wrote about churches, and ministers, and pastors, and Christianity, without Jesus. Because that's what it's become. We've lost sight of Jesus. We've lost the historical creeds of the faith. We've turned this thing into something that it was never meant to be. And the world looks on and says, there's something wrong with this. If you have a faith worth following, 
I think so many of us are so consumed with this broken world. We want to make it work. We realize that it's broken. It's not going the right way. And we think we know how to make it work. But rather than just recognizing that it's broken and running to our Savior Jesus, we are determined to fix it ourselves and be the saviors. Without Jesus Christ, without the cross, without the Bible, Christianity is meaningless. It's pointless. It means nothing. I really hoped that 2020, all the mess we've had, all the just heartbreak and brokenness and disease and just political upheaval and everything, I really, really hoped that this would just be something that would revive the church. That the Christians would stand up and, and really be Jesus' hands and feet and that people could see that, that Jesus was real. But it hasn't worked that way. I'm absolutely broken by the pride that I see within Christianity right now. By people who are so quick to be caught up in conspiracy theories. So quick to refuse to follow guidelines put out there by the government or even their church. Because I think they know better. Broken by people who are so terrified. Guys, if God is real, and if we've really trusted in Jesus Christ as our Savior, and we believe in eternal life, if we really believe that the kingdom of God is real, that it's coming, then who cares about this broken world? Who cares about having everything we want? Who cares about making it work right? Like, yes, we should still do the right thing and follow God, absolutely. But we can't force our ideals on it. That's not the point. The point is not to make the world work the way we think it should work. The point is to run after Jesus Christ. To enjoy that relationship that he's provided for us because of the cross. To allow him to restore us to the people that we were meant to be. And to run towards the kingdom. I hate how broken the church is right now. I hate that it's just become this cultural thing, this Christian-y bubble thing. I hate the pride, the I'm right and you're wrong attitude. I hate that we're so quick to run to conspiracy theories, that we care more about the political things of this world than we care about Jesus and people becoming Christians. I hate that it's all so much more real to us than the kingdom of God. And I'm not here to tell you to do something about it because we've done enough. We've done enough. There's nothing you can do. There's no formula you can follow. There's no standards that you should live up to. We just have to repent. We have to let the truth soak into our hearts and let ourselves just be broken by it. To change our minds about the people that we've been, the church we've been. To agree with God that he's the answer and we're not. That loving people and loving him is the most important thing. Guys, the only hope that we have is revival. It's that Jesus Christ would revive his church. Revival isn't this magical thing. I used to think it was. I thought it was this like sweeping thing and God would just show up and all people would be changed. and They'd all do the right thing now. Revival comes when the Spirit of God shows up. But the Spirit of God shows up and he just convicts people of sin and righteousness, and judgment, and we repent. We fall on our faces, and we recognize that he's real, that he's big, that we're not. We confess all of our pride, 
our selfishness, our self-centeredness, our desire to be right. We just confess it all to him. We come to the foot of the cross. Revival starts at the foot of the cross. Because we need the same grace and the same faith every day of our lives that we needed for salvation. It's all about Jesus, guys. It's not about us. So I read this article. My heart breaks. I cry. I wrote a blog post. And now I'm sharing this podcast episode with you. It's just my hope. It's my hope that God will will do something. That he will wake up his church. They will recognize that they're missing it. They're missing the point. And that people would just come in brokenness and humility and realize what the point is. And it's not about making this world work for us. It's about seeking the kingdom of God. I know I don't end in prayer very often, but I think that's just where I'm going to go today. Thanks for listening to my heart. Thanks for letting me share. Let's pray. Oh, great and real God of the universe. Creator, sustainer, savior. You are our only hope. I'm encouraged as I look back on history because over and over and over again, you step in, you revive your people, you collect a remnant, you breathe life, and we move on. May this be a time Revival again. Holy Spirit, will you convict our hearts? Show us the lies we believe about you. The lies we believe about this world and about ourselves. Break us. Break us. And bring us to a place where we just come to you and seek you, knowing that you are it. Bring your church back to you, Jesus. Bring her back to you. One person at a time. Wake us up so that when someone like Ben Sixsmith looks on, he can say there's something different about those people. I can't put my finger on it. But they're alive in a way that I've never seen before, and I want what they have. God, we need you. We need you. Wake up your church. Let it start with me. Let it start with us. We believe. And we will follow you. Amen. Until next time, guys, keep searching. If you enjoyed this podcast, I would love to have you join me over on my website at christylynnwood.com. For more content, free resources, and opportunities to connect with a community of people who are looking for the real God.